Welcome to Ask the Expert with noted radio host Steve Sleeper. Each week, Steve interviews entrepreneurs and professionals and shares their intriguing stories of success and service. Now, here's radio veteran Steve Sleeper. Our guest today is El Paso, Texas trial attorney Leonard Morales. He fights cases in state, federal, and military courts and won't turn down a case because it's distasteful or complex. Many lawyers turn down cases because they're hard to win. Attorney Morales will take a case if he believes he can help. I started by asking Leonard about himself and his firm. I'm uh, a native El Pasoan. I was born and raised here in far west Texas, which is on the very westernmost tip of the state of Texas. I graduated from high school here in El Paso at, at one of the oldest high schools in El Paso, Isleta High School. After high school, I went on to the New Mexico Military Institute, where I spent two years getting my associate's degree and also getting my commission as a second lieutenant in the U.S. Army. And I spent some time in the reserves. I finished my, my collegiate degree, my bachelor's, at the University of Houston, where I lived in Houston, Texas, for a few years. After I completed my bachelor's degree, I went on to go to law school at Temple University, which is in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. After getting my law degree, I reassessed into the U.S. Army, went from reserve status onto active duty with the Judge Advocate General's Corps, and I spent a few years on active duty. And then uh, in 2003, 2004, I transitioned back out of the active duty, back onto reserve status, uh, remaining in the JAG Corps uh, as a reservist, but at the same time opening my private practice here in El Paso. Uh, my practice fo- focuses primarily on criminal defense. I do uh, a smattering of other things. I do some family law. I do a little bit of civil and administrative stuff, but mainly I do criminal defense, which is in state court, federal court, and I still do court martials uh, for soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines that are accused of crimes under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. What's the difference in a military defense, a court-martial, compared to federal, state, and municipal court? The difference between civilian and military courts is that in the military, the criminal justice angle, the UCMJ angle, is really command-driven. We as lawyers, as JAG lawyers in, in the military, we advise commanders. So in the field, I might be a, an advisor to a brigade commander who's a colonel, and I can advise him. I can give him my legal advice and my viewpoint on any particular type of case or matter, but it's the commander that decides, well, what do we do with it, given certain options? So that's one Thing that's very different. It's command-driven, whereas in the, in the civilian sector, you have things like a grand jury, you have indictments, you have civilian prosecutors that have a lot to do with what people are charged with. You have things and mechanisms like that that, that impact the process. The other big difference that, that I think people need to understand is that in the, in the military system, a military panel or a jury doesn't have to be unanimous in their verdict. Unlike in civilian courts where, you know, you say you have 12 people on a jury and they all got to be unanimous before somebody can be convicted. That's not the case in the military. In the military, all you need is three-fourths of that 
of that jury, that panel to agree. And you can get a conviction on everything except the most serious types of stuff like treason and death penalty cases, which have to be unanimous. But most things, the panel or the jury doesn't have to be unanimous. So those are two big differences. There's lots of other things that impact that, but those are the two big things. What should I expect from a good criminal defense lawyer? About 80 80 or 85 percent of what a criminal defense lawyer does, our clients are never going to see. They're not going to see hours that we spend pouring over reports and and photographs and videos and interviews and those types of things. Whether a lawyer actually does those things or not, I guess that's that that remains to be seen, and that goes into whether you're a good criminal defense attorney or maybe not so good. But most of those things you're you're not going to see, and an individual, a client may be, you know, thousands of dollars in on a lawyer before they realize that they got somebody that's really not doing the work. Now, how do you recognize this? What do you do? Well, I think the correct thing is to actually ask, well, what do I as a, as a client, as a consumer of legal services, a criminal defense lawyer, what do I need to know or ask of a lawyer or what do I need to know before I hire this guy or this gal? Well, I think one of those things is you need to know who this person is. Who is this lawyer? Um, are they like Walmart or are they a specialty shop? You know, and what I mean by that is that there are criminal defense lawyers out there that do their work in volume. They take they take in a lot of cases and they they try and and move these things as quickly as possible, charging kind of under under undercharging many of their other uh, fellow attorneys, competitors in the marketplace, so to speak. And then you have others that are really a specialty shop. And I kind of consider myself a specialty shop, Steve, where, where I, I don't try and take in all the clients I possibly can. I take in cases that come to me. Um, I do um, probably a minimum of advertising. I have a web, I have a web page. I, ha- I advertise on some other uh, uh, internet and social media sites, but I don't do a lot of marketing. I get a lot of stuff from word of mouth. And I get a lot of work from directly from the courts. So I consider myself kind of a specialty shop where, where I'm focused on a particular kind of work and the particular kind of work that I do. That's one thing you can look at. You can also look at how long somebody's been in practice, although that's kind of not the end-all, be-all of things either. You know, as I, I, I've seen rookie lawyers that really hit it hard and try real hard and work real hard for their clients but their failing may be in their in their lack of experience or their lack of, of of having seen certain things before. But then again, I've seen much older lawyers, lawyers that have been in practice 30, 40 years that are just, you know, maybe they're just not up to snuff anymore, or maybe they never were. I knew a lawyer back back when, uh, he's long since retired, and I won't mention who it is, but it's this is a guy that I'd be hard pressed over the years that I knew him and anybody else that knew him to find a point when he actually took a case to trial. I would probably say over 90% of his cases were all plea bargaining. Now, that might be exactly what needed to happen, but probably not. So that's another thing you might want to look into again is how long you've been in practice, what kind of practice have you had? Now, the other thing you might want to ask is, you know, you ask your lawyer, well, what's the most serious case you've ever handled? What, you know, how much, how heavy a lifting have you been responsible for? So 
you can ask a lawyer that and they can give you their spiel and and what you really want to hear is some details and some things that maybe you can independently verify maybe you want to get a name of a certain defendant maybe you want to get uh, a certain case something that they've handled steve when somebody's looking for a criminal defense lawyer you need to get a good feel for that person do i trust this lawyer and is money their first priority or am i going to be their first priority and how how you feel about this person the sense you get from them uh is the most important thing how often are there plea bargains is that uh, does that happen a lot plea bargains have become yeah the lion's share of cases unfortunately our criminal justice system has kind of evolved into into a thing where without plea bargains everything would come to a screeching halt because there is no way that every case could be brought to trial and have a full and complete trial we'd be backlogged into the next millennia if we did things that way so plea bargains give people an opportunity to work out their case to get on with their lives pay their debt to society and be done with it but there are quite a bit of cases and even cases that plea bargain that probably should have gone to trial that should have been fought out that should you should have put the government or the state or the military to the to the task of proving guilt beyond a reasonable doubt as we do this interview we're what 5 months into the covid-19 pandemic how are things operating uh, in El Paso right now? How are you dealing with the, the pandemic? How are you meeting with people? What's up with the courts? You know, we're, we're still open, Steve. I mean, I, I still have my, my office and, and we do our office hours and, and my, uh, my assistant gets to, gets to work from home remotely as, as, as she sees fit. She does some days in the office, most days at home, but answers the phones and, and takes on things there. As far as the wheels of justice, well, they haven't stopped. They just kind of slowed down, probably slower than usual, but they're, they're still kind of trying to move. In El Paso County, um, out here in federal court and state court, the jury trial process has come to a screeching halt as, as the courts kind of struggle with, with a way to figure out how to, how to manage this COVID thing and, and still have, and still have a, a, a safe jury trial. I mean, what, what, what you got to remember, Steve, is there's, there's a lot more people to consider than just the defendant and the lawyers, and even the judge. There's, there's all those ordinary citizens that are called down to jury duty. A lot of those people are uh, senior in age. There's the court staff, detention officers, and a lot of these things can't easily be managed with, you know, behind plastic covers and, and, uh, and other closed doors and with masks and, and face coverings and things like that. So there's lots of things to consider. Right now, lots of hearings, routine type hearings are being held uh, by Zoom teleconference or some other platform. Cases are still being pled. Uh, there are still plea agreements that are, that are happening, things that need to move forward. I know the federal courts, depending on what district you're in, some are having jury trials, some just, you know, full steam ahead and others have, have kind of stopped to wait, but uh, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag, Steve, as to, as to where everybody is in the process. We're all just trying to manage this thing as best we can, I think. 
Our guest today is attorney Leonard Morales. He can be reached at 915-546-2696. Thanks for listening to Ask the Expert with Steve Sleeper. Join us next time as entrepreneurs and professionals share their intriguing stories of success and service.